0: Good evening, friends. Today is Monday, the 27th of January, 2020. Our readings this evening are Psalm 44 and the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verses, verses 43 through 54. And if we have time, we will finally get to the second set of daily office readings um, commemorating St. Paul's conversion which are Psalm 119, 89-112, Ecclesiasticus or Sirach 39. You know what? I changed my mind, friends. Um, we are not going to do the additional readings tonight, even if we have time. We'll take that time in other ways. So we're just going to read Psalms 44 and the Gospel of John chapter 4 verses 43 through 54 tonight Um, we'll read the additional readings for the conversion of St. Paul um, as a separate podcast episode it it feels weird to speak of the prayer as an episode but at any rate that is kind of the format right so with that being said Let's enter into our evening prayer. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Dear friends in Christ, here in the presence of Almighty God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, so that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, make speed to save us. O God, make haste to help us. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living creator in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed, now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, creator, incarnate, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices. O son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds, Psalm 44. We have heard with our ears, O God. Our ancestors have told us what deeds you performed in their days in the days of old you with your own hand drove out the nations but them you planted you afflicted the peoples but them you set free for not by their own sword did they win the land nor did their own arm give them victory but your right hand and your arm and the light of your countenance for you delighted in them you are my king and my god you command victories for jacob Through you we push down our foes, through your name we tread down our assailants. For not in my bow do I trust, nor can my sword save me. But you have saved us from our foes, and you have put to confusion those who hate us. In God we have boasted continually, and we will give thanks to your name forever. Yet you have rejected us and abased us, and have not gone out with our armies. You made us turn back from the foe, and our enemies have gotten spoil. You have made us like sheep for slaughter, and have scattered us among the nations. You have sold your people for a trifle, demanding no high price for them. You have made us the taunt of our neighbors, the derision and scorn of those around us. You have made us a byword among the nations, a laughing stock among the peoples, All day long my disgrace is before me, and shame has covered my face. At the words of the taunters and revilers, at the sight of the enemy and the avenger. All this has come upon us, yet we have not forgotten you or been false to your covenant. Our heart has not turned back, nor have our steps departed from your way. Yet you have broken us in the haunt of jackals and covered us with deep darkness. If we had forgotten the name of our God or spread out our hands to a strange God, would not God discover this? For God knows the secrets of the heart. Because of you we are being killed all day long and accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Rouse yourself. Why do you sleep, O God? Awake, do not cast us off forever. Why do you hide your face? Why do you forget our affliction and oppression? For we sink down to the dust. Our bodies cling to the ground. Rise up, come to our help. Redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Canticle N, a song of God's love. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this the love of God was revealed among us, that God sent their only Son into the world, so that we might live through Jesus Christ. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us, and sent their Son that sins might be forgiven. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we ought also to love one another. For if we love one another, God abides in us, and God's love will be perfected in us. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. John chapter 4, verses 43 through 54. When the two days were over, he went from that place to Galilee, For Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in the prophet's own country. When he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, since they had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the festival, for they too had gone to the festival. Then he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had changed the water into into wine. Now there was a royal official whose son lay ill in Capernaum, When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee he went and begged him to come down and heal his son for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him unless you see signs and wonders you will not believe. The official said to him Sir, come down before my little boy dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and started on his way. As he was going down, his slaves met him and told him that his child was alive. So he asked them the hour when he began to recover, and they said to him, Yesterday at one in the afternoon the fever left him. The father realized that this was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. So he himself believed, along with his whole household, Now, this was the second sign that Jesus did after coming from Judea to Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. God, you now have set your servant free to go in peace as you have promised. For these eyes of mine have seen the Savior, whom you have prepared for all the world to see, a light to enlighten the nations and the glory of your people Israel. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I believe in God, the creator almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, their only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, who suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, who descended to the dead, who on the third day rose again, who ascended into heaven, and who was seated at the right hand of the creator, who will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. God be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. We will use suffrages set B on page 122 of the Book of Common Prayer. That this evening may be holy, good, and peaceful, we entreat you, O God. That your holy angels may lead us in paths of peace and goodwill, we entreat you, O God. That we may be pardoned and forgiven for our sins and offenses, we entreat you, O God that there may be peace to your church and to the whole world, we entreat you, O God. That we may depart this life in your faith and fear and not be condemned before the great judgment seat of Christ, we entreat you, O God. That we may be bound together by your Holy Spirit in the communion of St. John, St. Clair, St. Mary, and all your saints, entrusting one another and all our life to Christ, we entreat you, O God. Give us grace, O God, to answer readily the call of our Savior Jesus Christ and to proclaim to all people the good news of Christ's salvation, that we and the whole world may perceive the glory of Christ's marvelous works, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Most holy God, the source of all good desires, all right judgments, and all just works, give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, so that our minds may be fixed on the doing of your will, and that we, being delivered from the fear of all enemies, may live in peace and quietness through the mercies of Christ Jesus our Savior. Amen. Be our light in the darkness, O God. And in your great mercy, defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of your only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. O oh God, the life of all who live, the light of the faithful, the strength of those who labor, and the repose of the dead, we thank you for the blessings of the day that is past, and humbly ask for your protection through the coming night. Bring us in safety to the morning hours. Through, through Christ who died and rose again for us, your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus, stay with us, for evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion in the way. Kindle our hearts and awaken hope. That we may know you as you are revealed in scripture and the breaking of bread grant this for the sake of your love amen keep watch dear god with those who work or watch or weep this night and give your angels charge over those who sleep tend the sick gracious christ give rest to the weary bless the dying soothe the suffering Pity the afflicted, shield the joyous, and all for your love's sake. Amen. I think at this time I'd like to read from holy men and holy women to you about John Chrysostom, who we commemorate today. Interestingly enough, Holy Women, Holy Men does not have John Chrysostom for today. It has Lydia, Dorcas, and Phoebe. Well, then, let's talk about Lydia, Dorcas, and Phoebe. I will read to you from the Episcopal Gis- Dictionary about who John Chrysostom was, uh, just because I feel like I promised. <laughs> eastern patriarch he was born at antioch in syria early in life john became a monk at times he lived as a hermit he was soon recognized as a great preacher shortly after his death he was given the name christstom which means golden mouthed in 397 he became the patriarch of constantinople he served in that position until 404 when he was deposed and banished by Empress Eudoxia and Theophilus, Patriarch of Alexandria. Chrysostom was an opponent of the Arians. He placed great emphasis on the Eucharist. The liturgy used by Orthodox Christians every Sunday, except in Lent, is attributed to him. He died in Comana in Pontus, now in northeast Turkey. His most significant writing was on the priesthood, a manual for priests and bishops, Christosom is a doctor of the Church. In 1908, Pope Pius X named him the patron saint of preachers. On January 27, 438, Emperor Theodosius II moved his body to Constantinople and buried it under the altar of the Church of Holy Apostles. His life and ministry are commemorated in the Episcopal calendar of the Church year on January 27. All right, let's also read from Holy Women, Holy Men. About Lydia, Dorcas, and Phoebe, witnesses to the faith. The commemoration of these three devout women follows directly on the observance of three of Paul's male co-workers in God. It is a reminder that though the first century was a patriarchal time from which we have very few women's voices, the apostles and indeed the whole early church depended on women for sustenance, protection, and support. Lydia was Paul's first European convert. She was a gentile woman in Philippi who, like many others, was attracted to Judaism. As what the Jewish community called a God-fearer, she was undoubtedly accorded respect by the Jewish community, but still would have been marginalized. Paul encountered her on a riverbank, where she and a group of women had gathered for Sabbath prayers. Undoubtedly, Paul preached his gospel of inclusiveness to them, and Lydia opened her heart, and together with the whole household of which she was head, was baptized. Lydia was a prosperous cloth merchant and a person of means. She was able to lodge Paul, Timothy, and other of his companions in her house, which Paul used as a local base of operations, Acts chapter 16, verses 11 through 40. Phoebe was the apparent patroness of the Christian community in Centrae after near Corinth. She is the first person mentioned in the long list of Paul's beloved associates In chapter 16 of Romans, Paul refers to her as a sister, as a deacon, and as a patroness or helper of many. In other words, Paul includes her as part of his family in Christ and infers that she is housed and provided legal cover for the local church. Paul's use of the word deacon should be used with caution since the diaconate as an order had not yet developed in the church. But it does suggest the kind of ministry out of which the notion of ordained deacons developed. It would not be too much to call her a proto-deacon. Dorcas, Tabitha in Aramaic, was a revered disciple in Joppa who devoted herself to good works and acts of charity. When she fell ill and died, the community sent for Peter, who came and after prayer, revived her. See Acts chapter 9, verses 36 through 42. Though we have no record of the words of these three women, The apostolic testimony to their faith and their importance to the mission of the early church speaks for itself. And we have here a little prayer for them. And then I'll tell you what the lessons are if you would like to. Filled with thy Holy Spirit, gracious God, thine earliest disciples served thee with the gifts each had been given. Lydia in business and stewardship, Dorcas in a life of charity, and Phoebe as a deacon who served many. Inspire us today to build up thy church with our gifts in hospitality, charity, and bold witness to the gospel of Christ, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And if you would like to read more on them or like to commemorate these three women, the readings would be Psalm 100, Malachi 3, 16-18, Acts 16, 11-15, and Luke 8, 1-3. So something that I don't really have time to research tonight, but I would like to look into is whether or not when Jesus is coming to Galilee... He is coming back to Galilee. He's already been there and not been well-received for his teaching and is coming back a second time. I am not sure about this. Um, I get a little bit confused with the parenthetical insert in verse 44. For Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in the prophet's own country. But he's, we know at this point he's already turned the water into wine. That was his first miracle in Cana, which was in Galilee. And it's after that that he's coming back here. And he works a second miracle. And I think it tells us. Yes, this is the second sign that Jesus did after coming from Judea to Galilee. And this is what my commentary refers to as a long-distance healing he's is not actually there laying hands on on the Sun and I think there's been precedent found in this story and in others for what we call um, healing by proxy and my healing team at church will often someone will come to the altar and ask for healing by proxy for someone else and I think, that, I think that all of those prayers for healing reach God and the recipients are reached by God, whether you're there physically in person, whether you're there on someone else's behalf, or whether you are praying across the distance. It's helpful, I think, to see several different examples of different kinds of of miracles and healings that Jesus worked, because it helps us stay away from that formulaicness of, oh, we, we've got to do it this way. This is the only way to receive healing, or, you know, these are the steps you take, A, B, C, D, E, because it is different for each person. And, um, now I didn't cross-reference against the other Gospels. I don't think that this is the man who says I believe help my unbelief I want to say that's another one but like I said I haven't cross referenced it and I don't want us to get too caught up in the way it's worded here where Jesus says unless you see signs and wonders you will not believe I think what Jesus is saying there is that it was not this is what I think, and this is coming from nowhere but my own personal opinion. Like I said, I have not researched this, but I think that, that the message, one of the many messages, right, because every time you read the text, you can get a different message. I believe that one of the messages that we should glean, or we might glean, one of the messages that we might glean from this text today is that we can access Jesus' healing power without it being tangible, without being able to see it or touch it. And that there are miracles at work. Jesus is at work doing miracles all around us. And yet it's hard for us because as the Father... It's hard for us to see it until our eyes are open to it. And this is a prayer, I think, that we actually, we often pray. God, give us a sign, right? I also find myself praying often God, open my eyes. But that's not an easy thing. When our eyes are opened, there is a lot that we see. And so I think there kind of needs to be a follow-on prayer. God, open my eyes. Let me hold fast in my heart your miracles because sometimes when our eyes are opened to the spiritual, we see not only Jesus, but also other forces at work and that, you know, that can be really painful and it can be difficult and being aware and awake is not an easy thing. Sometimes it just feels raw and overwhelming. And quite frankly, increasing spiritual awareness has given me a deep appreciation for my son's sensory sensitivity, which has gotten so much better with lots and lots of help And treatment and therapy and love over the years when it was at his worst when it was at its worst pardon me Jack would burst into tears and scream even it sounds like the garage door closing or a toilet flushing in a public restroom and it was really hard and I have been given some small glimpse into how difficult that must have been for him to try to filter and wade through all of that and hold on to what it was important for him to be sensing and allow the other things to flow by. And I think that this does relate to the way that when we are open and when we believe and when we see a lot of things can come flooding in, so we need both to discern, and and also once discerned, to choose which to fix our sight, what to fix our sight on, right? Um, and it should be, or it might be. I hope that it is the works of Jesus in the world around us. Um, I don't think that that God intends for us to have eyes only for God, because I think the other components of awareness are, like, in, in that that's all we see, like, the rest of it is just, is blank or darkness to us. But I do think that we need to keep our sight fixed on God, and just like Jack had to learn to filter out some of the other things that were barraging his senses, we have to learn to filter out that which is not, of God, that which is from the counter-inspirer. But being aware of it is I think can be used by God because when we see things for what they are then we can address them. So firstly and most importantly when we see Christ at work in the world around us when we see Christ's miracles for what they are that is huge to us. It it gives it gives us hope and understanding and knowledge of blessing and that can be shared and tapped into and expressed and held on to and, and definitely increase our joy in all all of these things. But being aware of the counter inspirer too helps us protect ourselves and the ones we love and we can recognize that for what it is like that negative thought I'm using a very benign not benign but I'm using a pretty common common example that I think we can relate to right that negative thought isn't from God that's from the counter I am going to choose not to hold on to that and I am going to choose instead to redirect my thinking to Christ's message for me. Whereas if we're really not attuned or um, able to see, we can maybe think that that's our own voice or you know, just feel, feel besieged and not be able to filter as well. So, God, may you miraculously heal us and our family members in the universal family of Christ, just as you healed this boy. May you reach across any distance and work your healing miracle. Give us eyes to see your miracles at work around us and our families in the family of the church and our greater family. Give us discernment to see where you are at work and tell the difference between where your, your work and other forces work. And give us the strength and the power, your strength and power, to not let those other forces have sway, to block them, to filter them out, and to fix ourselves on you, Christ, in your miracles that they may be magnified many fold. May we carry them. May we be, as we talk about so often, conduits of your healing. May your healing and your miracles flow through us to reach who they whoever they need to reach. I have a few special people that I'm praying for this evening. God, let me just lift them up. In the holy name of Jesus Christ, all this we pray. Amen. Let's read then that prayer of St. Chrysostom. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you and you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God, the grace of our gracious Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.